Hey everyone, what's going on? My name is Stephanie Graham. I'm an artist and filmmaker, and I'm also an extremely curious person. Some will go as far as to say that I am nosy as the, the nerve. <laughs> I started this podcast because I wanted to interview people. I'm not just talking to anyone either. I'm talking to people who are in the thick of what they do. I want to know how they live their life and how they get things done so that I could apply some of their savvy to my own life. I'm sharing this with you so that you too can do the same. We can do it together. We all gotta start somewhere, and if you're not looking for practical info, stick around anyway, because my guests are fascinating, and it's my goal to get to the bottom of their shh. I mean, aren't we all just a little bit curious of what it's like to live someone else's life? And if we do it the same? There are also times when I will feel called to catch up with you one-on-one and let you know about what's going on with me, either in life or with my art practice. You didn't think I'd get the dirt on all these cool people and not let you know what's going on with me, did you? I mean, I'm a Libra. We believe in balance. Listen, I am a big believer that even though we are all different, we can still find ways to relate to each other. It's time to get down to business, so welcome to the Nosy AF Podcast. Hey everybody, looking forward to introducing you to Victoria Marie Barquin, who is a Chicago-based artist, printmaker, and art administrator with the BFA in printmaking from Mass Art Boston. That's how fly she is, okay? Mass Art Boston, what's up? What's up, Mass Art? <laughs> Yo, Loki, I don't even know, like, Mass Art while I'm over here shouting them out and everything, but um, I was very excited for you guys to talk to Vic because she has her own artist run space called halftone projects where she collaborates with artists and helps them make screen prints in which she sells and they split the costs and she has exhibition and it's a lovely thing these artists run spaces are all over the city so if you ever come to chicago it's definitely something to look into and it is definitely a thing that you can find an artist who they're an artist they exhibit they have an artist space you know, they just have all the things, right? They dress fly, everything. And um, I thought that that's, it's super unique. I think it's not like the artist run space is a unique thing to Chicago. I just feel like Chicago has a bunch of them, uh, which is really cool, right? Because we're about that, yo, we don't need anybody to tell us that they're going to show our work. We're going to show it ourselves and then we're going to show other people's too. So there, snap, snap. <laughs> but anyway, I thought Vic would be dope to talk to um, just because she has the artist run space. Vic and I have also collaborated and then she had an exhibition that has now passed, but she talks about preparing for this exhibition in our conversation. So um, you could check out her work. I'm going to put post pictures up on my Instagram. And then of course, all her information is going to be in the show notes and all of that. But let's get to this conversation with Vic and I hope you enjoy and I hope it inspires you to check out some artist run spaces or even start one yourself. Okay. Uh, thanks so much for listening and uh, see you at the back end. So Vic, you're an artist or do you say, you know how everybody has titles? Like, what do you say? Like artist slash printmaker or what do you call yourself? This is like a huge topic of conversation for me. I could like I could just talk for a while on this. I really don't know what to say. Like whenever I meet someone for the first time and they're like, hey, like I'm a, you know, scientist, like what are you? I'm always like, oh, I guess I do art. Like I never, I just, 
something about like the word artist doesn't it's I don't know it feels kind of like wrong to me or something and I was actually talking to my mom about this yesterday because she's a painter and she's always kind of hated the term artist or just like has has not that it's like a bad word and obviously it works for some people and it's it's true but maybe there's something about it that doesn't feel right for her or something so she was I think recently she just kind of like changed her Instagram bio and like her website to say like creator as like a more kind of all-encompassing way to talk about herself so I'm kind of on that same quest of like what is the right word for me because I feel like my holdup is that I do so many different things and I want to be able to describe that all in like a very short sentence and I feel like I don't have like an elevator pitch for myself yet so I kind of want to work on that and and so I I don't know I guess I do say artist but it doesn't something about that doesn't feel as all-encompassing as I want it to be so I kind of I'm searching for for the right word still Mm. that's interesting I remember I used to work at this camera house and one of the camera techs there he had a problem with people calling themselves artists he's like I think someone calls you an artist you don't call yourself an artist and I'm like yeah you do (laughs) Yeah, but then what are you supposed to say? Like, what else is there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess I, if I was to introduce you, I would say, you know, Vic is an artist. You know, it's like, I think I say like, I would say like artist and printmaker only because I feel like to me, those are the same thing. But I feel like to other people, they'd be like, oh, okay. Or, you know, people can choose between those two things you know like I might say like on my Instagram bio I say artist filmmaker photographer to me that's all really the same thing but people can figure out one of those that identify with them or they can relate to I guess and then go from there yes it's kind of like providing entry points for someone else to understand you and what you do and Oh, that's also why I do put like I put arts administration on my email signature, too, because I kind of want I don't want to hide the fact that I also do administration work like as a way to kind of like not have shame about that or something is just to like be really upfront. So but uh, yeah, so I, I don't know if I don't know if that's really like the same as artists necessarily. But again, it I mean, it is kind of like within the art realm and then also it it could be yeah like a way to kind of spark conversation with a person who's maybe not an artist but works in administration and then we have that entry point and then we can talk or something like that but yeah so I I don't know I also do a lot of like admin stuff which I feel like I want to I don't want to like hide that anymore or yeah I can understand that when I was in high school I took like an aptitude test and it said I'd be really good at clerical work and I'm like what think I'd be a secretary (laughs) but then I'm like actually I do like I do like paperwork like that did make sense you know looking back (laughs) I love a manila folder oh absolutely absolutely (laughs) so then yeah I guess you're Vic an artist I would say artist printmaker you're an arts professional there we go that sounds good yeah that's nice 
That's nice. <laughs> I'm picturing myself like at a party meeting someone for the first time and then being like, I'm an arts professional. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man, are you the kind of person at parties that asks people what they do? No. <laughs> well, maybe like if I don't know what else to say. But no, I don't think so. It's, it's usually like I get asked that first. And because I hate that question, I don't ask that. I usually ask like, how's it going or something? But also sometimes I hate getting asked that question. So it's like, I'm such a hypocrite. I don't know. Yeah, it's just like, hey, do you want to dance or what? <laughs> I hate I hate that question. I hate asking people what they do because I don't want to like have anybody think I'm trying to like scope them out or whatever. So like I just but I have a friend that man, when we go out, she asked that's like a first thing. She's like, well, what? It's networking. You're supposed to get to know people. So she's like, hey, you know, I'm such and such. I don't want to say her name. She's like, oh, so what do you do? And I'm always like, oh, God, girl, like, <laughs> But people answer, people answer. And I guess it's like a good entry. I mean, it's good to know, I guess. Or, you know, some people, you know, have interesting jobs that I guess you could talk to them about. But it's also like, do you want to dance or what? You know? (laughs) Yeah, I'd rather dance than like talk through my whole identity crisis about the term artist with like a stranger, you know? Totally. So in all the things that you do, you are an artist. And can you talk about your artwork? Yes. Okay. I do have some like newer things up behind me. I guess I can talk about like where it's kind of at right now. So yeah, I'm, I do work with printmaking pretty exclusively screen printing. And, but so I guess kind of like at the beginning of the pandemic is when I sort of shifted into working with collage more as a way to limit expenses like limit buying new paper and things it's kind of like wow I have all of these prints like I whenever I make prints I you know produce an edition of 10 or 15 so I have a whole flat file full of prints and I'm not at a place in my career where prints are like flying off the wall when I make something new like they don't sell so they sit in a container for years and years. Yeah, I just kind of had this thought of like, wow, maybe I should just tear up all this stuff and try and make something new out of it. So now I've kind of been on this collage kick and, and like tearing up old pieces that I used to feel very sort of like precious about. And so the pieces behind me are, I tore up these like really intricate prints that I made senior year of college and I'm combining them with some just like one layer prints that I did on neon poster board that I got from the dollar store. So I really am just trying to kind of like use what I have and, and like kind of force myself to not use new things or like purchase new materials. And yeah, so I'm feeling kind of like excited about the stuff that's up behind me. And yeah, and I'm going to have some newer things up at parlor and ramp gallery, which will coincide with the an exhibition of all the halftone projects prints, which we made one together. So I'm excited to kind of have like a, a reason to finish up these pieces behind me and resolve them. And yeah, so my, my artwork, printmaking, color, a lot of digital drawing. That's usually how the work originates. Yeah. Did you start in printmaking or did you start with a different medium? So freshman year at Mass Art is like foundations year, which is maybe pretty standard for most art schools. But so you have to declare a major. I think it was second semester of freshman year. So I I liked 
drawing and painting, I guess, even though I wouldn't say I like those now. And then, so I kind of felt like drawing and painting maybe like kind of came together in printmaking. And so I kind of just chose that on a whim freshman year and then ended up just like falling in love with it. And now I can't do anything else. Like whenever I try and draw, like I just, I feel like I suck at drawing. Like the only way I can draw is like on the computer or like through collaging. Like I can't sit down and draw anything really. Like it's just not your jam. Did you grow up like creative? Like how'd you even get into going to school for art? Yeah. So my mom, well, I think both my parents are very creative in their own way. And so my mom did actually major in art in college, but then didn't end up pursuing it. Like she didn't have support from her family to pursue it. So she kind of stopped for a long time. And then it's been like, I don't know, maybe the past 10 or so years that she's gotten really back into her painting. And she does that basically full time, I'll say. I mean, I'm trying to also stop using full time artists, as we learned from that webinar that we watched. So I'm trying to remove that. But so she yeah, she paints. Um, So so I think, yeah, she she's always like valued creativity and I don't I can't remember any like specific like projects really that we would do together. But I know that she really valued that. And my dad, too, with like woodworking, kind of just like making random stuff in the garage. Like he was I feel like he was just always like making a shelf or like a table or something. And now he he makes these little like wooden bowls. And like, I guess I have one here with all my plastic ink spoons so he like makes these little bark things with yeah I mean so he's super creative as well so I think it's I think they've both just like always valued creativity and and that definitely seeped into me somehow and then I always took art classes I think I did some like art summer camp stuff and then yeah I guess I just I always did know I would I wanted to go to art school i did tour like one liberal arts college and they barely talked about their art department at all. So I was like, this is like not for me. Yeah, I guess I just felt like I didn't, I, there was like nothing else that I could, e- I could even like do or imagine myself doing. So it, it was just kind of always going to be art for some reason. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's cool that you had parents that, you know, encouraged you as well. I felt my parents encouraged me as well, which is really nice because they feel like these fields, you know, especially when you have, you know, like neighbors, kids or whatever who are going to school for, I don't know, engineering. And it's like, oh, your kids, what's your kid doing? It's like, oh, film school. It's like, okay. But hey, it worked out. (laughs) So it's like, that's awesome that they encouraged you because, oh my God, even one time I remember I was getting my hair done at my aunt's hair salon And there was a girl there who's like, she was telling me how she wanted to study painting and her mom said she couldn't for college. And I'm like, that's brutal. So she was going to school for like, I don't know, something corporate, something super corporate sounding. And I just felt so bad. I wonder what happened to her. Because I'm like, man, I can't imagine my mom telling me like, no, but it happens. Yeah, I think it happens too often right like and I'm sure that sticks with you 
I, I think that, yeah, that is probably like a super traumatic moment that maybe most people don't even like get to process ever and like come to, I mean, I guess my mom kind of had that. And then like, it wasn't until after she spent her whole life working in like retail and administration and stuff that she was like, wow, I have this like huge trauma from not pursuing what I wanted to do. And like now she's been able to like dedicate time towards like processing that and then like reprioritizing it. But I mean, what? A, yeah, I think a lot of people probably don't ever get to that place where they they feel like they can explore that part of themselves that was like, you know, like not encouraged to flourish. Yeah, it's so sad. It's so sad. So shout out to your parents. Yeah, shout out. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. So I'm really interested also about your project halftone projects do you consider that like do you consider halftone projects a part of your art practice or is it like a side business or tell us about it because this is how well this is really like how you and I came to know each other I know you we have our mutual friend Cassie shout out to Cassie and you guys came to a performance I had and I met you there but then I remember when Cassie was telling me that you were starting halftone projects and I thought it was so cool because I think printmaking is so cool I still don't understand it outside of just like my own introduction to printmaking was like family reunion family reunion t-shirts so you guys being able to like do all this printing and the way you think about dots and you know grays and different colors I think it's just so fascinating it's like a whole different mindset but but anyway so yeah so you have halftone projects and what made you start that cool I was kind of trying to think if like how for how long collaboration has been something that's interested me or like been a part of me and I, I guess I, I don't quite have an answer for that but when I I guess the couple of years before I started halftone projects I was renting studio space at a print shop in Chicago and it was really good for me at that time that was totally what I needed which was just to really focus on like my personal work but I was kind of having this drive to collaborate with other people kind of on my own terms and that space isn't set up to to allow its members to have other people coming in and out which makes sense for for their building. But so I was just, I started becoming aware that I, I wanted to be able to have people over and like make prints with people and just, yeah, on like my own terms. And so then I decided to kind of make moves towards moving out of that studio space and then moving into a two bedroom apartment so that I could have a print studio at home. So I guess it had been a couple months that I sort of knew that's what I wanted to do. So I started looking online for um, a flat file, which is kind of a big purchase, but I found one for from like a manufacturer that was going out of business. So I got this flat file and then had my eyes on like some other items I needed to sort of s to build like an exposure unit and set up shop. So I so I'm working on like getting this shop set up. We move in my partner and I move into a two bedroom apartment. And then I mean, the whole time, the intention of setting up a print shop, yes, I would be able to work on my own stuff, but it was always so that I could like have friends over and make a print with them. Like I really wanted that kind of casual print experience to be part of my life and like the life of people around me. And yeah, so, so then I kind of had this idea in mind to 
how can I collaborate with with people? And I sort of so I mean, one way to collaborate with people, I guess, is through publishing prints for people for artists. I have also collaborated with people not through the kind of publishing lens, but I did want to try my hand at publishing. So yeah, publishing, for those who don't know, is where there's a printer. So I'm the printer of Halftone Projects, and I select an artist to work with. They generate an image, and then I work with them to translate the image into a screen print, and I do the production. And it's kind of, it's been different each time. I guess I also originally thought that I could have the artist be more involved with the production aspect of physical production, but I have realized that it's hard to do that in such a small space. So I think that's something I would like to do probably in the future is have like a larger space where I can have people here with me. Um, And then, I mean, there is also the piece that maybe some artists want to be more involved than others do. So it's okay that each time it's a little bit different, but uh, yeah, I guess as well, yeah, so I'm going to grad school, so I'll be kind of pausing Halftone Projects for three years, and I want to think about what I want it to be long term, and I think there is like an education piece that's kind of missing for me right now that I want to implement moving forward, so like having, being able to provide the artist with more resources about like the process so that they can really walk away with an understanding of what happened with their print, like how it happened, and then also how they could do it again. Um, Yeah, so that's just kind of like a forward-looking thing. But yeah, so I guess I I started Halftone Projects to just like work work with people. And I think whenever I produce a print for someone else, it's, I always am kind of having to change the way I usually think about my own prints to fit this other person's aesthetic. So it's, it's such a like learning experience for me too. And I just find it really satisfying to work with people in like a sort of intimate setting of like a print project. Like it just feels very, like a very special thing. And I usually end up like hanging out with that person a lot during that period of time. And it's, so it's also just been like a really nice way for me to just like really spend time with people and get to know people better. I guess kind of like the podcast for you. It's like just to to hang out and like learn about people. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, and it's generous of you as well because it's like, you know, if people, especially if they're not screen printers or print printmakers or whatever, they can look at their work from a different medium as well. So I guess you're also a curator. How do you, how do you find the people that you that you work with? Like, how do you decide that? Yeah, most of it has been sort of through like word of mouth I guess like the there's been a few people that I did reach out to directly but you and then also a couple other artists have been kind of like a referral from another person or friend which has been cool because then I I get to meet new people work with new people but yeah it's usually kind of through knowing through knowing someone which again like moving forward I think it would be nice to have like more of an open call setting just so that I mean, it's limiting to just like be open to people I know or who know someone I know. And I think that is like, 
an unfortunate part of like the art world too is just kind of feeling like oh you have to know someone to do something and that's I don't want to be a part of that and so that's like another item I want to look at moving forward is like how to not have it be like an exclusive thing and not that it's I don't know if I would say it's been exclusive but I could see how someone looking from the outside looking in like would maybe feel that way or think like oh, this is something I would want to do. I don't know how to, like, approach them about doing it. So to make it, yeah, to make all of it more kind of, like, clear and accessible to, to more people. Who do you talk to about halftone projects? Is it just you, like, sitting, brainstorming what you want? Or do you have, like, a mentor or... Because it's always, it feels so well thought out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, it seems so strategic. Like even when we work together, you know, you're like, and maybe this is the admin part of you, like communication so on point, or even just how you're thinking about moving forward. You know, is it just you with like a notebook? <laughs> okay. Well, here's another thing is like, you, a- you also asked me, is it, do I consider it part of my practice or like a separate thing? And which kind of ties into this your question now is so I think originally I really did want it to be this separate thing I didn't even really want people to know that I was me and there was also this piece of it that like it did feel like a really collective effort so I didn't I didn't like the feeling of saying like I did this thing or this is my thing because it did feel like it with every person that I worked with or just like chatted with casually about the project I had a new idea or learned something or like got this really great information so I I I guess saying like I and I really just mean like on social media media as halftone projects being like our next print like it just I felt like I needed to kind of like acknowledge the fact that there were other people behind it even though it's not like I have like a board or like specific person or group of people it's more just kind of like I mean, I feel like everyone that I know ever have ever known has like been a part of it in some way because they've been a part of me or something. And maybe that's like, yeah, I don't know, super cheesy, but that's kind of so I don't know. I have that feeling about it. And then I also sort of feel like, yeah, with all these ideas I have for moving forward, like being in grad school and then also just I mean, even talking with you right now, just continuing to talk about these ideas will help me fine tune the actual actions that I want to make in the future. So I I don't know, I guess I feel like it's not just me with a notebook. Like, I mean, sure. A lot of it is in terms of me, like making the Excel spreadsheet or like a timeline or something. But I feel like with each project it's morphed a little bit. And so I think that will just like continue happening. And I want to be open to changes as well. Cause I think, Sometimes it can be a little bit, I don't know, maybe a perfectionist, like really, I can feel disappointed when the, when I don't execute it exactly as I wanted to or thought I was going to. But I think now I have a little bit more, I've like accepted that that's an unrealistic expectation for myself. And so I'm okay with things, yeah, changing and adapting and being different than I expected them to be. So do you think that having halftone projects helps with your own art practice in terms of, you know, people being like, well, I guess you have your your one show coming up, but people saying like, oh, yeah, Vic has halftone. Like, does it help with your 
you know, just like your art practice as a whole, like maybe even just like with your visibility or, you know, where people looking at your skill set because you print all these prints, you know, do people think you're a master printer? (laughs) (laughs) They do. I also hate that term too. It just, I feel like I'm so not a master printer. Like I'm so far from, from, from that, but, but it's obviously, I mean, humbling and it is a compliment, but yes, I think it has benefited my personal career, mostly just through, I mean, I guess, as you said, through exposure and kind of broadening my network through these kind of, yeah, the, I don't know, professional projects or this, yeah, this like publishing side of things, which also sometimes I do like, um, client work, I guess, under the label halftone projects even though it's not one of intimate collaborations it's just like a purely production thing yeah I mean also just personally it's so fulfilling to to again like have that intimate time with someone through printmaking is just like personally very fulfilling so that of course then just kind of ups up uplifts me to a place where I'm then able to have more clarity about my own work and it's just it's nice to have like different parts of your practice. Cause I, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of the type of person that isn't like going to be in the studio every night working on my own stuff. Like that's just really not how I work. I actually need like time in between my work sessions. And sometimes that time is like three weeks or a month. And then I come in the studio and it is, I just have like a lot of clarity and I think it's because when I'm on that sort of break, I'm working with other people still making art, but like in a different way. And then I think I'm able to, I just see, start to see things differently, have different ideas. And then of course, when you like apply it to your own work, you're going to come up with something new. And yeah, so it's definitely benefited me and my own, my ability to like look at my own work and make my own work too. Yeah. I was I was I was thinking about that like wondering what your like if you practiced every night you're printing or if you have exercises you do to get better or anything like that. I mean, that's where like the halftone projects prints comes in. Like I that's how I'm able to like practice my technique. It keeps me fresh. Yeah, I mean, that was also kind of part of it. It's like maybe I don't always want to be printing for me, so if I can like but I still need to, you know, exercise those muscles and like keep learning. So then printing for other people kind of allows me to do that. Yeah. And I, I did just start doing like weekly studio nights with a friend. So that has been good just to get me in the studio a little bit more. But I mean, I'm really not working on my own stuff more than once a week right now, which I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess I'm excited for grad school to hopefully be working on my own stuff more, but at the same time, I'm trying to kind of like not look at that as a negative thing and reframe it into just being like, okay, well, yeah, I'm doing other parts of my practice the rest of the week. So I'm trying to, yeah, do this kind of like mental reframing about like my, the time I spend on my personal work because I can feel kind of like guilty or bad about not doing it more, but I think it's fine. Yeah. And that it like, even if you're not physically printing the other elements that you are doing, it's all still a part of your practice, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've had to think of it that way too, that it's not always necessarily the making, but maybe there's other parts of it and 
you know, like applying for things or, you know, sending out emails or posting that that can all be a part of it because I literally am not always making every single day. Do you are you able to like look at your job as a part of your practice in some way? You know what? That's a good question. I think. Yeah, because, um, you know, we're creating spaces. So and I'd like to create spaces for my own work. So even though I I have a boss who has the final say, of course, but just being able to contribute to that, I think keeps me on point because similar to how halftone is you know, our scripts dictate what the scenes will be. So if I was making my own thing right, it's all probably going to have like a similar aesthetic and similar themes and whatnot. But if it's something for the show, you know, it's all going to be different and I don't know what it's going to be. So you have to think, okay, what does this need or whatever? But it's interesting because everybody has their own personal aesthetic, even if it varies, you know, if it could be like, oh, this rich person's home or, oh, this drug dealer's home or, oh, this corner store or whatever, like what we might bring to it. So I think it can keep me sharp with just like thinking about certain elements. It certainly keeps me observative. Is that the right word? Keeps me observative of like different space. Observant. (laughs) It keeps me observant. Yes, that sounds so much better. It keeps me observant of different spaces of like where I am all the time like I'm always looking around and like seeing what people include in their home or what different stores might have in them and like thinking about you know like certain friends like what they have like what they're about because maybe you know something might come up that is relatable to a certain friend or even to a party I was at or a restaurant I was in that we can bring those types of elements to the story so I think like it's the exercising of a muscle, you know, of like of looking around. And then also, too, I think sometimes I use the same vendors, literally like my printer, you know, for some of my photos, he might print my stuff. And then he might if we also are in a jam, I might send him files for the show. Like, hey, can you print these for the show? You know, so so maybe in ways like that. So I I, I think I'm blessed that, you know, it is relatable. That's for sure. And I enjoy that. Yeah, you're working in your fields. Yeah. But I'm excited that you're going to grad school. What made you, because this is something that I think a lot of people deal with, like, should I go? Should I not go? And what made you decide to go to grad school? Yeah, I, I have felt so frustrated for so long that an MFA was like a requirement to make it in the art world. And for, for a long time, I felt like I'm absolutely not going to like, like commit myself to that same trajectory. Like I, I don't want to be a part of that. And then I forget when this was, but at some point I had a friend be like, Oh, you know, there are funded programs. And that was, I mean, also part of the piece for me was, was like, I don't want to, feel like I have to get an MFA. And then usually what is a part of that is going into like, you know, a crap ton of debt. And no, I don't think that's like fair at all to ask of people in order to, you know, make their dreams come true. So, so yeah, I don't, so I think having the financial piece be answered for me a little bit when this friend revealed that there were funded programs. I was like, Oh, wow, I didn't, I did not know that. And then it was during the pandemic that I was feeling 
like a lot of desperation and sort of like, I mean, I lost a lot of income as did so many people. And I just kind of felt like, wow, I, I really want stability and maybe applying to grad school would allow me to be able to say, all right, for these three years, I know exactly what my life is going to be like. And I just, I kind of wanted that. Like I really wanted stability and I, yeah, I, I did feel frustrated that I wasn't able to like do all the things I wanted to do. I kind of felt like I was doing more work for, for money than for pleasure, which is maybe kind of like a romantic thought about life like of course there's always going to be things you have to do that you don't want to do but yeah I just felt like wow maybe I should look into this and see if, it, if I can make it happen and so yeah then I, I only applied to programs that that offer you like an assistantship so you're you're working in exchange for like a stipend but yeah so University of Arkansas gave me like a great package that also is just the other schools there's there's some like placement that has to happen depending on what positions are available. And so they can't necessarily like guarantee a certain amount of funding. Whereas Arkansas is very upfront about the fact that they offer a tuition waiver and certain amount of funds all three years. So it's all of this has really been about like stability for me. And I mean, I think sometimes I, I think I can thrive with in like an unstable setting and I'm, I'm comfortable with that in a lot of ways. And, and I think, I mean, grad school will be like an unstable time, but at least I'll know that I'm going to be paid and be able to like work on my art. <laughs> so, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Are you think you're going to like Arkansas? Oh my God. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I mean, I guess it's like the South. I mean, it's kind of that weird area where it's like not quite the South yet, but it's very close. I don't know. I mean, I like was thinking about moving to Tucson to go to school there. And I am just really afraid of like snakes and scorpions. And it is like truly the desert out there. So I do have some comfort in knowing that Arkansas is also kind of like, not so far off from like, I mean, it's warmer than I guess the Northeast where I grew up, but it's still there's still greenery and, and lush and all of that. So yeah, I think I'll like the climate. I'm kind of excited for that. It's near the Ozarks. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, hey, cheers to a new adventure, you know. It's nice to know, I guess, that you went for stability versus like, I mean, what do you think? What are you hoping to get from having your MFA now, you think? Or do you not? Have you not thought that far? Because it's mostly about stability for you. And just being able to have some clarity and time. I feel like I am going in with, without an expectation that I'll have my life figured out at the end of it. Like, I think maybe for people that like want to teach or something, there is like more of a requirement to get your MFA. But then, it, I mean, after you get your MFA, like there's no guarantee that you're going to get a teaching job. Like that is so hard to find now. There's also no guarantee that you're going to get a like good job in the art field. Like there's just, I, I feel like I have, I know that already just based on like my experience in the past five years after undergrad. And so I'm not going into it with this assumption that, oh, now I'll be able to like get the jobs that I want and like 
make it into galleries and all that stuff. Like I don't, I don't have that like false illusion or whatever. Like I feel like I know what I'm, I'm getting into and I, and I'm aware of the fact that like from a financial perspective, like I'll, I might just be in the same exact position I am in now after grad school, like still just kind of like scraping by doing projects here and there. But again, it, it is really just for that, that like clarity and like, taking time to like figure out what my direction is going to be for the long term. So I, I guess I'm just hoping to have, yeah, I guess clarity, which I feel like probably for every question I answer, I'll probably come up with a new question, but I'm aware of that. Like, yeah, I think I'm really just kind of buying time or being paid for time, but yeah. Hey, being paid for time is excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So my last question, I'm just curious, like back to Halftone, if someone like what kind of advice would you give to somebody like thinking of starting a a side project? It seems like it's a very Chicago thing. I haven't necessarily researched it outside of Chicago, but it seems like it's a fairly common thing to have your art practice and then your your side like a art space type thing, both so I guess like if somebody's going to do that, like what type of advice would you give to somebody or do you wish you would have if you had to give a young Vic? <laughs> yes, I actually I thought about this before uh, we got on the call. I would say don't wait for the perfect time to start because I think that can just like hold you back, always waiting for it to be the right time or to have everything figured out exactly how you want it to be. I would say just I mean, do some, you know thoughtful planning beforehand but I don't know eventually I think you just have to start and just get going and be okay with the fact that it's not going to be perfect and yeah like allow yourself to change things along the way kind of like I was saying before like it's okay it's okay to evolve and adapt and morph and take a break for three years like it's all okay and I and I think yeah that none of that devalues any of the work that you'll do. So I would just say like, just do it and don't, don't wait for like anyone's approval. Don't wait for things to be perfect. Don't wait to have a more stable, like financial situation, just like figure out a way to do it and yeah, just do it. Yeah. Nike, isn't that their slogan? But yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that is their slogan. It's a good one. (laughs) Well, I think that's all the questions I have. When's your, when's your show? Because I don't know if this will air in time or if it will coincide, but still tell us, because maybe even if so, then it'd be good to know. Cool. Um, yeah, so I don't have firm dates yet, but late May, early June is when it will will open, and then it will run for, I think, a month or so. But yeah, my print with Stephanie will be up, which is exciting. Yeah, and all like all the prints I made with artists through Halftone. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, you're so humble. So congratulations on everything. Oh, thanks, Stephanie. Yeah. I was trying to think of like a famous person who I feel like someone I'll I'll remember it after and I'll put it in the show. But I feel like someone at work was talking about like some big star who's like done all this stuff. But then they're just like, whatever. You know, they're just so chill about it. Like you wouldn't even... (laughs) Yeah, so it's that's that's cool. You're cool, cool kid. <laughs> yeah. So before we call this complete, is there anything else you want to say to the people out there? Thank you. Um, 
for having me on Nosy AF and giving me time and space to chat about what I do and ramble about labels and identity crisis feelings. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. That's all that's coming to mind. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the Nosy AF podcast with me, your host, your friend, Stephanie Graham. I'm so glad that you made it to the end of this conversation. Please kindly let me know what you thought by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening right now. You can also connect with me at nosyaf.com via the Say Hello button. And if you're curious about what's going on in my art and film life, please visit my website at missgram.com. Oh, and also, if there is someone that you're nosy about and you want me to have them on the show, please send suggestions via the same hello button and I will check them out. Until next time, thank you so much for being you and see you soon. Peace.